Have you ever been in a spot where you felt like you were out of, you were out of place? Like you, you walk into a situation and you're like, mm-mm, don't belong here. Um, and uh, maybe some of that for you is like you're, you go to school and you're like, mm-mm, don't belong here, don't belong in this class. Or you just d- you did connect and you're going back to school and you're like, oh, I have to do this again. Um, and it's like first day of school again. Uh, but whatever uh, that is. Uh, I had that situation this uh, past past weekend um, with with my wife. We went to a restaurant, um, and here's the thing: before before marrying Mary, um, I I thought that a nice restaurant was a place like any place that you actually sat down and they brought you food. That was a nice restaurant, like any place that would bring you your food. After you ordered, whether you ordered at the table counter or you ordered at the thing, that's a nice restaurant. So like Chick-fil-A, nice restaurant. You know, like they bring you your food. You, you tap a button on the, the table and they bring you food. Food, that is like the best thing ever, right? And you don't even have to pay a tip. It's awesome. Um, or like if you had to pay like, you know, nice restaurant, uh, steak and shake. You know, like you sit down, you pay a tip. You, to, you know, that's a nice restaurant. Um, but I also didn't realize sh- 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 that there was, like, lunch places and then dinner places. Yeah, like, there's lunch places. Did you know that? There's lunch places and then there's dinner places. So, like, lunches, sh- sh- lunch is, like, a place where it's more fast food. You know, you go up, you order, you don't pay a tip, my jam, you know, so you get good food. Dinner places, like, are places that, this is how I define it. So, I could, like, some of the adults are probably going, mm-mm, no. Um, but this is how I define it. Dinner places are where you sit down and they, they, they wait on you. you. You make small talk with the waiter as they come back, and then you tip them at the end, and, um, you know, you do, that, you do that type of stuff. So, like, I, like, a really fancy restaurant for me was, like, you know, low dinner's place. So we went to this. So I try to take Mary out to a nice restaurant almost, you know. I try to take her out for a day every year, even if I don't need to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, we, w- we go out to like a really nice place, maybe once a year if we can, if, if we can afford it. So we went to a place, and <laughs> this place, and it, it, if you need to know, it was in Winter Park, okay? So there you go. Um, so, and then, so we walk in, and uh, we walk in, and it's super nice, right? And I walk in, and, and we, set, we, we, we come in, we put our reservation in, blah, blah, blah. I come in with a water bottle because it's thirsty. It's, it's hot outside. And so we're sitting down. It's, like, all nice and, like, lit. And they had, like, it was real lit. <laughs> um, they had, like, actual candles on the table. Um, and, it, like, it was, like, ambiance lighting and, like, music playing. And people were talking. And I come in my water bottle. I'm like, hey, how's it going, guys? Woo! Um, I'm like, where, where's my steak? You know, like, um, and I, and I put my water bottle on, t- on the table, and uh, they bring, they, they bring out like all this stuff and, and different things, and the, the, the waitress was very nice, very polite, very all, very like, you know, high, high, fancy place, and she was like, waitress, very, ni- what I say? No, I said high, high, fancy. Did I? Hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shh, set, set. Quiet. 
Quiet. I did not mean to if I did say that. All right, this is what we're going to do. Everyone on the count of three, when I do this, laugh, and then when I do that, you stop. All right, one, two, three. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Okay, very polite. That's what I, like, I don't know what, like, anyways, very polite, and she was like, mm, water bottle, uh, can you take that off, please? And I'm like, okay, you can take And so um, I was like, man, I really like a steak, because it was a nice steak place. And, and Mary goes, she's like, and I was like, where is it? And she goes down the menu, she goes, it's right there, because, you know, dyslexic, and it's in fancy writing, so I didn't know what I was looking at. I just look at, like, most times I look at a menu and go, do you have a burger? Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> um, and so I look at the price of the steak, and it was so expensive, I literally just screamed out loud, ah! um, loud, like, really loud, and, and Mary and I laughed our heads off the whole time after that. Um, and I did not get the steak. Um, very expensive. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so, anyways, um, anyways, we go. We find ourselves in spots that we don't want to go to. And I actually want. This was a great restaurant. I enjoyed going. But we find ourselves in spots where we feel out of place. We feel uncomfortable, and we just kind of go through the motions, and we're not quite sure what's going on. And that's where we find Jonah right now going into Nineveh. That's where we find Jonah right now going into Nineveh. And um, we see here uh, that Jonah is going uh, into the city, and Nineveh is a, a terrible place to be if you are a God-fearing person, and a terrible place to be if you are a Jew at this time. They were mortal enemies of Israel, where, where Jonah is from. They, like, I, I don't mean to sugarcoat this, but, like, like, killing people for fun and then showing it to everyone, and they, they liked doing that. Very, very evil, very, um, very uh, far, far, far away from God. And, and what he was supposed to do was to give a a a decree of destruction to them or what might sound like destruction so in verse 4 it says this and Jonah began uh in in to go into the city going a day's journey he called out yea 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown and the people of Nineveh believed God that they called for a fast and put a sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Verse 6. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he, uh, he arose from his throne, removed his robe, uh, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And, and he issued a pro- proclamation and a, pub, a public published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. 
But let man and beast be covered in sackcloth, and let them call out to the, to out mighty to God. Let everyone turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from the forces of anger so that we may not perish. Here's the thing. What we see here in this picture is true repentance. And repentance is this idea of taking a 180 degree turnaround from where you are going right now. Not towards sin, not towards your own uh, evilness, not towards your own power, not towards your own willingness to want to do what you want to do, not towards the evil, the lost path that you are going, but towards God. And that is a 180 degree turn. There's three different steps that we see here in these verses where Nineveh repents. And these three steps are completely different than the way that Jonah reacts in the next chapter. First, in verse 5, they believed God. See, with true repentance, at some point, you're going to have to realize that what God is saying is actually true. You're going to have to realize what you are doing is wrong and God is warning you that you've done something wrong. You're going to have to realize that the good life that you might be living and you think that you're just being okay and as long as you put a a great exterior out in front so everyone can see, it doesn't matter about what's going on in your mind, but you need to actually listen to the Lord. So first, they believed what God was saying. But repentance doesn't stop there. Many people believe in God. Many people believe in in what uh, God has to say, but they actually don't follow him. They're walking down their own path, and they know that it's true, but they don't really care. Satan believes in God. Demons believe in God. But yet they, they don't follow him. So believe, believing that God has done something or has, has saved you isn't enough. What they did was they put to action what it, with their words and with their action what God actually said. They believed God and they did something about it. They believed God and they were on a path and they turned 180 and 180 degrees and walked the opposite way. That's the second thing. They believed God and then they did something about it. And then that, and that's seen in verses eight and seven and eight. And then verse nine. One of the coolest. One of the coolest. Um, verses here and before we get into that third one that second part of they did something about it and they showed action they put sackcloth on and then they cover themselves with ashes now that's weird you know like i don't know if you know this but you're like have you ever done like i did something horrible 
to my brother or sister. So you just went and like put on the dirtiest shirt you had and rolled around in the mud. And you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you roll around in the mud. Like, here's the thing. Um, we, this, in our culture and today, we don't really understand these verses. But in their culture where they were living if you were really torment about something, if you really were sorrow, sorrowful or, or, or sorry about doing something, you were really, you, you were hurting, you were sad, you were broken because you hurt someone, or you were mourning the death of somebody, they would not only feel that inside, but they would show that through their actions, and they would put on rough clothes. They would cover them, they would take ash, and they would put it over their heads and pour it all over them to show the pain that they have. And I ask you guys, when was the last time that you were ever convicted by what God has done for you and the good that he is and the grace that he's given you and you're convicted by the sins in your life and the disobedience that you actually show it by not only just saying something in your mind or thinking something in your mind, but you show it through action. You show it by getting on your knees and praying. You show it by raising your hands and worshiping the Lord. You show it by getting up in the morning and reading your scriptures earlier than you would normally get up. You see, these people right here were tormented about what they have done. They realized that they did something terrible and they were going to pay the price. And so many times we think that we're great and we're good and we sit here and even right now, like, I mean, I see it now. I see it like when we worship where there's just people talking to each other and you're talking over the worship, you don't really care, you're, you're on your phones, and you're doing like, you know, among, like among us, or you're playing another game, or uh, whatever it might be, and uh, whatever, whatever it is, and you don't even really care. The posture isn't there. You know the stuff, but your heart is just like, eh, whatever. So they believed... Number one. Number two, they repented and they showed it with action. And number three, they were willing to face what they had done. They were willing to face what they had done. It says this in verse 9, who knows? And this is the king speaking. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his, their fears and of anger, fierce anger, so that we may not perish. They know what they did was evil, and they know what they did was, was uh, 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 caused them to go to death because they were that evil. And when they repented, they repented because they knew and, and they were told that they, they, they sinned against God. However, they were willing to face what they had done. And perhaps 
Just maybe God could see a nation that's bowing down to him. God could see a nation that's hurting over their pain. God could see a nation that's repenting to him, running to him. And they're willing to, to, to do that and give up everything for him. But they are also willing and realizing the sin that in their life is death. And they're willing to go, do, go down that way. They just realize that they need to get right with God before that happens. You see, we see in, verse, uh, in chapter 3 that Nineveh repents because they truly, truly believe that they are sinners and they need a Savior. And in chapter 4, we see a, a Jonah who gets angry. And he says, I knew that you are gracious, God, and merciful and slow to anger. And abundant in steadfast love. And, re, and, and, re, and, 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 and not wanting to have destruction. He shows this in verse chapter 4. I mean, sorry, chapter 4. You see, where they realize their sins and they turn to God out of repentance, Jonah returned to God because it was convenient. Circumstances. It's what he needed to do. Because he knew it was true, but he, he, he was just doing it because he was told to. And in verse 10 of chapter 3, it says this. Then God saw they did what they did. Now they turned from, how they turned from their evil ways. God relented for the dis, for, for, from the disaster that he had said that he would do to them. And he did not do it. You are facing destruction. You are facing disaster. And many times we like to put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. And many of you might be in Jonah's shoes. There's people that you don't want to share the gospel with because you really don't care about them. You know that you could, but you're a little bit afraid, and you don't really care, and you don't really want them to be like in your circle at church because this is your safe spot. But many of us, most of us, we're Ninevites. And as the band comes and we get ready to close, I want to ask you something. And if everybody could close their eyes, bow their heads. Are you facing destruction? This is the difference between Nineveh then and us now. With every eye, eye closed, every head bowed. This is the difference between Nineveh then and us now. Just like Nineveh, we are, we are headed towards destruction. 
not just death here in the physical sense, but an eternal separation in hell away from God. This is what we deserve. We've sinned. We've, we've, We've done evil things. But where Nineveh got Jonah, who didn't really want to go, but went anyways, we got Jesus Christ, who did want to go. He did want to go. And where Nineveh and where Jonah went and waited on a hill to see the city burn in chapter 4, and it didn't happen. We had, a, we had a Savior who went on a hill and died a gruesome death. Then rose again. Where Nineveh was spat out of a fish out of three days to give him a second chance. When the Lord Savior died and came out and rose again after three days out of the tomb, we were given a second chance. You have been given a second chance to follow God, to get rid of the person that you were before, and surrender your life to Him. And if you do that, God promises that he won't, the destruction won't come to you. But salvation will come to you. And you will have a relationship with him. If you'd like to do that for the first time. And surrender your life to Jesus. Can I see your hands? Anyone in here? Maybe you're Jonah, and there's someone that you need to talk to about Jesus, and you haven't. Go out and do that. Go out and do that. Take a life book. Go tell someone about him. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.